You up for that? You up for a bit of a triple espresso of Jesus and the theology? That's what you're going to get this morning. All right, Jesus, who was and is and is to come. And I'll tell you what, I think it's so important that we just keep declaring and talking about the promises of Jesus. We need to keep reading the words and we need to keep reading about what Jesus did in his ministry. We need to keep sympathising with what it was that Christ came to do and the pain and the torment of Jesus. We need to recognise continuously our need for Jesus. As we've just done there, we need to declare the fact that he is now risen again and seated on the right hand of the Father. And you know what we keep doing? We keep looking ahead to the coming of Jesus. Do you know what? Jesus always was, always is, and always will be the very centre of the cosmos. Do you know that? Do you know that? And I believe as we kind of come to the end of this hunger season, just as Teresa said, it's actually the very beginning of something new for us. Do you know that? I really believe that it is. And it's been great to hear a lot about the Father heart of God. It's been great to hear how we've been adopted as sons and daughters and to hear a lot about the Father. And it's been great to hear a lot about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit testifies to to our spirit that we are children of God. And he empowers and enables us to live out a life as children of him. But we never graduate from Jesus. We never get beyond the Jesus stuff. And it's important that you need to know that. Jesus didn't just finish his job 2,000 years ago. But he is alive today, reigning and ruling and in power over all things. That's what it says in the Bible. It says that in him and through him, still all things hold together. Quite simply, without Jesus, there is nothing. Without Jesus. All of creation is waiting in eager anticipation, in excitement for the one God-man that shall return, robed in glory and righteousness and majesty, in all power and authority. And that man has a name. And that name is Jesus. That name is Jesus. And today we're going to look at Jesus and we're going to look at three different occasions in the Bible We're going to look at three different occasions in the Bible where Jesus is lifted up. And I believe that as we look and as we lift up Jesus today, do you know what? I'm in faith that things are going to change and things are going to happen. Because it says in the Bible that where Jesus' name is proclaimed, demons flee, sicknesses are gone. And this is because of the name of Jesus. So that's what I'm in faith for today. So why don't you, wherever you are, whatever situation you're in, I don't mind if you're here for the first time, whether you've been here for years and you know a lot about this Jesus stuff. Today, as we look at Jesus, do you know what? He is the perfect remedy to all of life's situations. He is the perfect remedy. We just look up. We lift up our eyes to the risen Lord Jesus. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to John chapter 3. And uh, just while you're doing that, I just want to start by asking you a question. I want to start by asking you a question. How do you feel today if we were somehow able to project on the screen behind me all of the things that you'd ever thought, said, or done in secret? How would you feel? In fact, are there any takers, any volunteers for us to display your thoughts and your words and your actions in secret this morning? Any takers? No? Of course not. Because 
whilst we'll be more than happy for people to see the good things that we've done in secret, often that can be pride, all of us have things that we have done and that have been done to us that are shameful. Things that we are ashamed of. Things that we feel shameful about. It says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, all of us, in some way or another, have failed to met, meet God's mark, God's standard. We've all done things wrong. And as a result, we've got separation from God and separation from all of his blessing. Well, let me ask you another question. Let me just turn it on its head for a moment. If you had the opportunity, an honest, honest answer is needed here, if you had the opportunity to display the offence, hurt and abuse and neglect that someone else has done to you, what would you do? If you had an opportunity this morning to put up on the screen the actions that someone else has done to you that has caused you offence, maybe it was abuse, whatever it was that has affected you, what would you do? Because I know what I would be tempted to do. I know what I would feel my right would be to do. And do you know what? The reason I ask you those two questions, because I think those are the two questions in the gospel, actually. The first one is that all of us have offended God, but the second one is that God has been offended by all of us, and he has every right this morning to expose us for who we are and for what we've done. Do you know that? He would have every right. And I just want you to imagine at the start of this kind of gospel story, all of creation is waiting and watching to see what God is going to do. Whose life is first going to go up on the screen? What are the first secret lies that are going to be exposed for everyone to see? What judgment is going to be poured out on us? And you know what? All of creation is waiting to see what God will do. And he does something completely outrageous. He does something completely outrageous. Shocking. John chapter 3, let's look at verses 13 to 17. This is Jesus talking about himself. He says, No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. He's talking about himself. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This Jesus, who was and is and is to come, is lifted up. Not with the glory and the honour that he deserves, but he is lifted up and crucified on a cross. He's crucified on a cross. Murdered on a bloody cross. And here Jesus likens himself to the snake. I think it's in Numbers 21. 
And what happens is God's people, Israel, they're going, they, they rebel against God. And as part of judgment, uh, venomous snakes are coming and biting and killing a number of the Israelites. And in God's mercy, he says to Moses, he says this, he says, Make a serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten, when they see it, shall live. And Jesus says, this is like him. He says, God in his mercy lifts his one and only son on the cross. So that whoever looks upon Jesus shall no longer die from the poison of sin. But be born again and brought together in relationship with him. This is Jesus Christ, who always was and always will be, lifted up as the sacrificial lamb for your sin and your mess and your shame and all your junk. This is Jesus, humiliated, exposed in our place. And the guilty are no longer to be ashamed and condemned with the history of their life. But all of our sin, our evil thoughts and our words, all of it is transferred to the sentencing papers of Jesus that led to him dying on a cross, dying a death in your place. This is Jesus lifted high, lifted up. And I love what it says. You know, we, we always hear John 3.16, for God so loved the world. But the verse after that, I think it just gets better and better. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Do you know what? God hasn't got any agenda here of trying to get your sin and exposing them to the world. He hasn't come to condemn you. He's come to rescue you and lift you out of the mess that you're in. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And do you know what? If you're a Christian here this morning, you should have no problems with your life going up on that screen today. Because do you know what it will say? Paid in full. That's what it will say. You don't need to be ashamed anymore. God doesn't convict you or condemn you anymore. He is paid in full at the cross when Jesus was lifted up and beaten and murdered on a cross for you. This is our Jesus that we come and worship today. But as we know, the gospel doesn't end there. It doesn't just end with the God-man dying on a cross. But we know that three days later, Jesus Christ victoriously bursts out of the grave. Boom, Jesus is back on the scene. And he is now holding the power of death and sin and all of those things. And Jesus, after he rises again, he goes and he meets with his disciples and he talks to his disciples. And, uh, and after that, he basically gets lifted up again, but this time he gets lifted into heaven. All right? So we're just going to read about that now. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 11. So we have Jesus lifted up on a cross, and now we're looking at Jesus lifted up into heaven. Acts 1, verses 4 to 11. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking looking on, he was, and here it is, he was lifted up. And a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? The Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. I just want you to uh, think for a moment what the disciples are thinking at this moment. Here is this guy, Jesus, that they have given up everything for. They have lift, they've, they've left their livelihoods behind. All right, many of them, their families, their friends, they have followed Jesus intimately for the last several years. Every day they've been following Jesus. They've been wondering what are the things, what are the exploits that we're going to experience with Jesus today. They've seen the healings. They've seen the power. They've seen Jesus die and now they've seen him being risen again. And Jesus says, I'm now going to go. Imagine what they'll be thinking. Imagine how, God, Jesus, you seem to say that this is a good thing. Like, what are we going to do without you? We don't know life with God without you at all. And Jesus says it's a good thing. And actually, the Bible, I think, gives us two answers why it's good that Jesus has now ascended into heaven. And the first one, Jesus says it. He says that the Holy Spirit is now with us wherever we go. And we just read it in that passage. Jesus goes, but he says, one day there'll be a day, not too many days from now, where you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you're no longer needing to come and be with a physical Jesus at one place or another. But now you have the living Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit living with you and inside of you and manifest here this morning. We don't have a physical Jesus walking among us. We have much better than that. We have a risen Jesus in heaven And we have the Holy Spirit ministering to us. And each and every one of us are able to do that. This is Jesus on steroids here this morning. I want you to understand that. It is much better that the Holy Spirit is sent for us. But the second thing which is important to remember is that Jesus, while he was here, was great. But I tell you what, Jesus now in risen glory with all authority in heaven is much, much better. We are in a much better position this side of the cross. We need to understand that. The lion is roaring in heaven. The risen Lord Jesus has now been given all authority. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. We'll read about it there. Ephesians chapter 1, 19. Paul prays this, that we may understand the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him, where? At the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, that's you and me, which are his body, the fullness of him who fills all and is in all. Yes, we have confidence this morning because the Holy Spirit is here. But I tell you what, we have full confidence because Jesus is alive, seated on the right hand of the throne, reigning forevermore. Hallelujah. This is Jesus. Heavens declare his glory and the earth shows off his power. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of shoreless supply. 
No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's internally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially, so he's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. This is Jesus who was and is and is to come. He's God's son. He's God's son. He's the sinner's saviour. He's the centrepiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's unique, unparalleled, unprecedented supreme. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick, cleanses the lepers, he forgives sinners, and he discharges the debtors. This is Jesus that we come to worship today. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young and serves the unfortunate. He rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meek. I can go on. He is the key of all knowledge. Do you know that? And the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance and the pathway of peace. He's the roadway to righteousness and the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory and the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors and the head of heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of peace, the king of kings, and the lord of lords. This is our Jesus. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. And his mercy everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. And his reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He has no predecessor and he will have no successor. There was nobody before him and there will be nobody after him. No election shall remove him. No Brexit shall shake him. No war could ever hinder him. He always was. He always will be. King above all kings. Lord above all lords. This is Jesus Christ. He's indescribable, incomprehensible, invincible, irresistible. You can't outlive him. You can't live without him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave can't hold him. He always has been and always will be the king above all kings and the Lord above all lords. Jesus, high and lifted up. So we have Jesus, worthy of all glory and honor, lifted up, murdered on a cross for our sin. We have Jesus lifted up, now seated on the right hand of the Father. He owns the name above every name. No one can compare. Do you know what? Jesus has always been ahead in the opinion polls from day one, by a considerable margin. All right? Jesus is the King above all kings and the Lord above all lords. But the Bible speaks of another lifting up, another one to come. All right? Philippians 2. Philippians 2, verses 9 to 11 says this. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at that name, Jesus, every knee, guys, listen to this, one day every knee will bow. Every knee should bow. 
in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Very quickly, Revelation 1, verses 7 to 8. You don't have to turn there. It'll come up on the screen behind me. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye, every eye will see him. Even, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Listen, we live in the, in the here but not now, earth, 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 the here but not yet, okay? The whole thing of I look around and I still see the sin and I still see the sickness. I see the disease and I see the death. Listen, the Bible says that there is going to be a day, there is going to be a day where Jesus once again will be lifted up. He will be lifted up. And while in the here and now, we usher heaven into earth. We say, Jesus, come. On earth as it is in heaven, that's what we're calling for. And we're going to do that in a little while. We're going to pray. And we're called in the here and now to proclaim the name of Jesus, who is reigning forevermore over the sickness and the sin and the oppression and all those things. But the Bible speaks of another lifting up. There is an usher in an age where there shall be no more sickness, no more suffering, no more anger, no more evil, where the name of Jesus shall once again be given the glory and honour and worship that he has always deserved from every person. One in which every knee will bow and every tongue confess. One in which no thing will be able to distract or hide the brilliance of his glory any longer. Everyone will be there. Our neighbours will be there. Your family, they'll be there. Our politicians, our world leaders, they will all be there to our left and our right, on bowed knees, bowed heads, and they'll be saying the same thing. Jesus, the one who was and is and is to come. Why don't you stand with me? Band can start making their way up. I'm just going to... I just feel that God, Jesus is here today. The Holy Spirit is here today and he is risen on the right hand of the Father and he has all power. And I believe today Jesus wants to demonstrate some of that power with us here this morning. So just where you are, why don't you just start giving Jesus some of the glory that's due his name. Some of those things that I've just listed through a moment ago, why don't you just start saying, Jesus, oh, you're the king of above all kings, the Lord above all lords. There is no one who compares to you. Who is your equal? And I believe in the Bible what it says is that we don't plead for God to do stuff. We actually declare what God has already done. And it's in that victory that we see breakthrough. So in a minute, I've just while I was preparing for this morning, I just felt a number of different groups of people that God wants to do something with this morning. And I'm going to ask you to be really brave. As the band start up in a minute, I'm just going to ask you right now to come forward to the front. And as the rest of the church, we're going to stand by you. We're not going to pray and plead God to do something. We're just going to declare what Jesus has already done. Because when we declare what Jesus has already done, things happen. Because he is the king above all kings and the Lord above all lords. So 
So if you have sickness in your body, I want you to come to the front. If you have sickness in your body in any way, what's not to lose, just come to the front. You can come even right now. If you've got sickness, come to the front. If you feel in any way that you are oppressed by the enemy, come to the front. If you feel this morning that you are in need of a saviour, you come to the front. If you're aware of your sin and different things and you're thinking, man, I'd be ashamed for people to see what I've done. If you haven't invited Jesus into your life, you come to the front. It's an opportunity for you today. I believe there are some people here that are in need to repent of certain things that they've done or keep doing. Just come to the front. It's an opportunity for you to repent this morning. And I think when I said about sickness, I think there are people here that are struggling with emotional sickness and even mental sickness. Do you know what? God is able to cover all of that. So I want you to come to the front. So if you've come and you've responded in any way, why don't you just close your eyes, just lift your hands before him. And for the rest of us, we're going to do business on behalf of Jesus today. We are going to declare his promises over all these people at the front. And listen, we're not going to come with an orphan spirit. We're not going to say, Jesus, would you please give us something? His promise is abundance for these folks here this morning. So for the rest of us, we're going to stretch out our hands and we're going to give up the biggest shout of praise to Jesus. We're going to say, Jesus, you are reigning forevermore. You hold the keys of life and death and everything in between. And just while we just do that, we don't need to ask, we're just going to declare God's promises. I just feel that people are going to get healed from sickness and there's going to be lifting of oppression because where Jesus' name is proclaimed, the demons have to go. I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen, but I know that Jesus is in control and he's a good, good father. That's who he is. So the bands are going to lift it up. And right now, on this place, you pray your best prayers and you declare God's promises over these people. Come on, let's lift up our voices. Let's start doing battling. He's the king. He's the lion and the lamb. He rules on the right hand of the father. He is the lion and he roars. He roars. So we speak life in this place. We speak healing in this place in the name of the risen Lord Jesus, the King above all kings, the Lord above all lords.